Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Podcast. I am your host today, Bill Bannum, and I am joined today by Amy Lucas. Amy is Vice President at Temkin Group, a customer experience research consulting and training firm. Temkin helps many of the world's leading brands build customer loyalty by engaging the hearts and minds of their customers, employees, and partners. Amy, welcome to the show. Bill, it is great to be here with you today. Uh, let's let's get started. We've got lots of awesome things around employee and client engagement to talk about today. So to begin, uh, let's let's look at your career up to joining Temkin Group, if we can. Um, please tell me about your earlier career, and then tell me at the end why, why you decided to, to join Temkin Group. Sir, I, like many people in the, the world of, of customer experience in particular, took a little bit of a winding path after graduating with a marketing degree. I spent a few fun years doing some sports marketing work at, at my alma mater um, and then found my way in a, 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 through a variety of roles. I did some, some inside sales and large account management and then joined the learning and development team within a professional services firm and really got to appreciate there the importance of people uh, when it comes to delivering an experience, although I didn't know to call it that at the time, but obviously at a professional services firm, especially that long ago, it was all about the people doing the work and and delivering the consulting services and the like to its clients. So I spent some time uh, managing client events, progressing and and developing uh, knowledge and and skills in instructional design and got into uh, training delivery um, inside the firm and uh, then sort of found my way into um, the marketing organization due to a a relocation of myself. And that brought me um, to getting involved with the first customer survey that our organization did. Um, At the time, I was working and leading our marketing research team. A customer survey sounded like research uh, to us. And and that set me down the path that I am still on today, where from that initial desire to do our first survey, we established a um, customer listening function and a full client experience strategy at the firm. Um, And that, that was a fabulous learning opportunity, growing opportunity, and that in part brought me to Temkin Group. At at the time, um, Bruce Temkin, who founded the firm, uh, was working with another organization, but a lot of the research he was producing really formed the pillars of how we constructed and designed our approach in those early days, how we learned what customer experience is, and when the opportunity came along to spread my wings and learn more about the discipline in other settings, um, he fortunately had an opening on on his team and the firm that he had then since then founded, and so here here I am uh, as part of uh, Temkin Group, which has been a great experience for almost six years now. Wonderful, thank you. Now tell me about your position as VP at the Temkin Group. Uh, what are your key duties and what does an average work week look for you look like for you there? <laughs> I'd love to say I have an average work week, but the, the, the accumulation of 52 work weeks in a year or thereabouts um, really is a blend of, of research, primary research that I do, as well as the opportunity um, to work with, with clients directly. So my research 
um, focuses on best practices research in uh, a couple of different areas. My primary, primary area uh, being that of employee engagement, in particular the intersection of employee engagement and customer experience, but then also looking at business-to-business -business customer experience best practices, and then some of the organizational components of customer experience in terms of governance, change management, and some of those critical inside-out things that have to happen for an organization to have a strong outside customer focus uh, of themselves. And then uh, the other part of my time is a, a, a definitely a, a significant bit is spent on training. We offer public workshops. We do training inside organizations. But then the other work we do directly with clients ranges from strategy sessions and reviews and working with them to um, really assess the work that they're doing and um, make sure that they they understand sort of the path they're on, avoid some of the obstacles that that other companies have run into along the way, and bring in our expertise, our research, some of the methodologies and frameworks that we've developed to really enable those customer experience or employee engagement professionals inside companies to be able to take then their strategy and execute that strongly inside their organization. And I think fundamentally that's a really um, core part of what we're about, which is, you know, how do we take this vast pool of knowledge that's out there and bring it to people who are doing this work in a way that lets them really be successful putting it to use within their unique organizations, their unique cultures, um, and their place along that, that journey towards higher levels of maturity in customer experience or in employee engagement. What are the top three things that you love about your job? And is there anything that you'd love to do more? Oh, you know, uh, this is this sounds like I'm, I'm I'm kissing up to people out there, but the top <laughs> thing I love about my job are the people I get to interact with who are doing this work. Uh, for whatever reason, it seems to attract um, professionals who are curious, who are motivated, who are driven, who are you know thought provoking, and so I really love every opportunity I get to interact with. Uh, the people doing this work, whether that's in a training setting or in an interview um, for my research, and I think that's probably you know second. I mean, I get I get paid to like talk to companies and find out the great stuff they're doing and bring that all together uh, to share with others. Um, and then, of course, I have to plug my team. Um, I love the people I work with. We we have a fun group, and and we ourselves push ourselves, drive ourselves to really think. How can we continue to bring more of what we're learning um, to the wider world and share it with them so they can put it to use? So uh, my team members are a lot of fun. To do more of, well, I'd probably need to clone myself, but I'd, I, it, it's that balance of time working with clients and, and all of these great things and time doing research. So you know, I'd almost like to clone myself so I could continuously be doing these interviews that feed the research that I write because that constantly seems to be the the challenge of, of how do I have time to do it all. So uh, do more of is create more of a me so that I could just do more of everything that's, that's out there. Okay, that could be the picture associated with this podcast. <laughs> a, uh, right. a, a, a two, two versions of Amy <laughs> giving us a wave. 
Um, okay, uh, so uh, Tempkin Group creates a lot of research around employee engagement, of course. Uh, what, what are some of the big trends you're seeing? Well, I think what we are seeing when it comes to employee engagement is that organizations are finally recognizing how important it is and that it is not a a, a, a hygiene factor driver in terms of, you know, is it, you know, the right enough pay, the right amount of vacation days, but that when it comes to employee engagement, there is a, a an effort that brings and builds a mutual commitment where the employees are understand and are bought into and are excited to support the goals of the organization. And the organization is doing things that ensures those employees have that connection and empowers them then to be able to make decisions in their roles to help the company accomplish its goals. And often a lot of those decisions have to do with ultimately how customers experience their interactions with that organization. So I think that's one is this just sort of focus not just on sort of the basics of, of what do we need to deliver to employees as workers, but this focus on purpose, mission, and ultimately having those in place to be able to drive empowerment. I think a second big trend that we're continuing to see specifically around the employee engagement and customer experience connection is the increasing involvement in human resources professionals in helping their companies become more customer-centric, and that is key. And then I think the third that we are watching and continuing to look at how we blend in is some of the really great research coming out of the the science of positive psychology and this recognition and that the how important employee well-being is um, to them being productive contributing workers on the job that it's not about having you know yoga classes and free massages, although that's certainly you know associated with the the world of well-being, but that there are there are things we can do in the workplace around meaning, around compassion, around connection building, around how jobs are designed and crafted that can really create a positive space for employees to do their best work. And when they're doing their best work, that is always a good thing for companies. Let's now talk about uh, HR remaining relevant. What, what do HR leaders and teams need to do in terms of employee engagement to keep pace with the changing world of work? And earlier you, you hinted at some of the uh, obstacles and pitfalls to avoid. I'd love to hear more about that. Absolutely. I think for, you know, when it comes to HR staying relevant, sort of the, it's the challenge of, for them and every function inside an organization, which is how do we align the work we're doing in our roles to the key objectives of the organization so that we're not just the compliance, the administration, the check the boxes HR function, but that the work we are doing is strategically supporting the business objectives that the company is trying to accomplish. And so, you know, we certainly are seeing that when it comes to customer experience. Um, and that companies who, you know, HR leaders are recognizing they have a bigger role to play when it comes to helping organizations become more customer-centric. And in companies whose um, customer experience is better than their industry competitors, what we are seeing is that those organizations have more active HR involvement in their 
CX efforts. They are working more closely with their CX teams, and as a result, um, you know, they are 50, those where there's that tight connection, 50% more likely to be a customer experience leader as an organization relative to their competitors, which is a, a really big deal. So get connected to the important priorities, and if one of those important priorities is becoming a more customer-focused organization, build those collaborative working opportunities with the customer experience team because a lot of what's going to make an organization customer-focused actually happens through the work that HR does. Um, and, and so I can't stress the opportunity for those two teams to work together enough. Okay, so for an HR person to be uh, successful and customer focused, who, who do they need to be talking to on a regular basis? Is it the sales team? Is it the marketing team because they've got all the stats maybe? Is it the leadership team because they've got the vision? You know, I would say all of those and often what we're finding more and more in organizations as they set one of their strategic objectives to be a customer-centric or customer-focused company um, is they will also establish a, a senior leader who's in charge of that customer experience effort and put together some sort of a team. Um, but all of those groups are important. One, from the executive level, what is our, our real goal, our real ambition, our real commitment to this? Uh, the, the sales teams, the support teams, teams that have a customer-facing role uh, are important because they can bring some of that real-world customer intelligence into the company. The marketing teams are often now the voice, or the CX teams, customer experience teams, will, will be bringing in customer insights uh, so they can derive from that what are the, the, the skills and the abilities and the things that employees do that make and help create more loyal customers. Uh, but then ultimately, you know, the HR team, and we say this to the CX professionals too, it's like understand what each of your business units do. Understand the work that's being done so you can help translate what you're trying to bring to those groups into how it helps them do their work better. Um, so, you know, we, we really believe that it is a wholly cross-functional effort when it comes to helping a company become more customer-centric. We've got to deepen that understanding from the outside, but we have to make sure we know what's going on on the inside of our organization to be able to figure out the path of change that's going to make us the most successful. Boy, HR people have to do everything these days. They do. I mean, they are, in my mind, right, a little bit of the unsung hero. They can sometimes, uh, you know, get a, you know a, a little bit of grief for you know all this stuff they're doing. But you know, really, and we this is why we challenge the CX teams. You know, you've got to understand there, there's so many great things those HR functions and, and professionals are doing inside your organization that are part of the rhythm of the business. And when you and they align together around what's important to the company, I mean, that's what helps. It's a big part of what helps to shift culture. It's not the only thing, right? Leaders, middle managers all play a role. But I, I have seen it, and I, I continue to believe it, when human resources and, and you know, because of my interest, the customer experience teams work together, they, they are going to get some noticeable results because we have six laws of customer experience. And law number four is, Unengaged employees do not create engaged customers. And so a lot of companies, when they go down this path to become more customer-centric, focus first on how do we fix all these customer problems. 
when in fact the first thing they should be thinking about is how do we engage our employees around this goal of being more customer focused. That's really going to be what propels them faster to the outcome they're trying to get to. Which is a nice little uh, prelude into the next question, which is about attraction, attraction and onboarding and uh, so and social media. So social media, of course, has changed how candidates and employees interact with employer brands. Uh, what, what are the top ways to use social to engage with employees? And, and I'd, I'd also love to hear uh, a bit more about from you about the importance of uh, the candidate showing in the interview process perhaps how they've engaged with the product and, and they're thinking like a client um, yep. because of that customer experience piece. Absolutely. I, th- I think one of the things we're seeing in our research is that, and, and we just just did some, is that when it comes to what employees are looking for in their next job, they are far more likely to go after a job where the mission is inspiring compared to a better boss or more pay. And so think about that, right? Often um, some of the traditional ways of of companies marketing themselves to candidates focus on maybe a little bit too much of the features and benefits of working there. Um, And it's it's gratifying or, or, or relieving for me to see when I visit some sites to see the focus on mission and values. And I think social media, particularly for organizations, and not to classify us older folks, (laughs) and I put myself in the older folk category that we don't use social media to assess and evaluate where we might work next. But, you know, in particular, when we're looking to appeal to people off the campus or appeal to to younger prospective employees, um, to use our social media tools to convey our brand, to convey our mission, to convey the promises that we want to keep with our employees and the promises we want to keep with our customers because there's a lot of technical, tactical interaction skills you can teach an employee. But the the key in, in attraction, right, is finding employees who are aligned with your brand, finding employees who are aligned with your values and your mission because if they get that intrinsically, they're far more likely to make the right decision in the moment with a fellow employee or with a customer, even if they forget all the checklists and everything else that you you taught them once they were in the doors. Uh, So social media can be a powerful tool, not only to broadcast the brand and the mission, but to interact with and engage and to actually demonstrate before they're even in the door, before they've even had your first phone screener interview, what it's like to be a part of your organization based on the responses the interactions that are happening there. And and that that then can carry on and continue into, you know, how do we use social media and the other things that we do with those candidates as they go through those stages of that part of the journey to really assess for fit with the culture and with the values um, and push them to to be able to demonstrate some of that connectivity and to, you know, use some of those interviewing techniques to, you know, get a sense of their decision-making processes when they're thinking about helping a customer or helping a coworker in that sort of a way. And I think when we get those things right in the hiring process, as I said, we can teach them a bunch of other, you know, technical elements of their work. Um, but if we've got that culture fit, we're, we're ahead of the game bringing those folks in the door. 
Okay. Now talk to me about the differences between engaging clients and engaging employees. You know, it's it's really interesting. I think at the there's a, a core thing that is the same, which is, you know, companies and their brand. Um, the brand isn't the slogan, the, lo- the slogan or the, the jingle or the logo. The, the brand really is the embodiment of, of how the company is going to treat its customers and the promises it, it makes. The brand promises it says it's going to keep with those customers in every interaction. And I think it's the same thing when it comes to employees. What what promises are we as an employer keeping to our employees? Now, the big difference comes into play, right, is, is how we, we keep those things. Um, but, you know, how, how do we um, deliver those promises each and every day? Inside, we've got to have all of the right people aligned, have everybody on the same page, have the right processes in place so that our employees are seeing that demonstration of those promises that have been made to them kept. And it's, you know, again, not just those, those extrinsic sort of promises, but the intrinsic promises of, you know, you do get a sense of meaning from your work. There is a sense of progress. You're building your competence and value and those sorts of things. When it comes to engaging customers, the, the challenge here often is we are, um, we are trying to have people get in the mindset of keeping customer promises, many of whom employees never interact with the customer directly. You know, people in legal, people in finance, lots of our people in, in product development, um, engineering, et cetera, don't ever directly interact with customers, yet we, we need them. It's critical that they make decisions in their jobs thinking ahead to what type of experience will this create for the customer. And so when it comes to delivering a great customer experience, we've got to bring a lot of that outside perspective inside the organization, not just focus on those frontline employees who are obviously having customer interactions, but help bring some of that same understanding to people who are still doing things that affect, you know, whether the customer can accomplish their goal with you, how easy or hard it is to do that thing, and ultimately how the experience of interacting with your organization is. Perfect. Thank you very much. We're uh, we're coming towards the end of this particular show. Before we wrap things up, a couple of last questions. Firstly, uh, let's talk about our friends at the Employee Engagement Conference and Awards. I understand that you're going to be speaking in Chicago in June. Uh, what's the topic and what are the learning outcomes? Uh, so I'm really excited to be coming back and joining the group again in Chicago. This year, we are actually going to look at how the six laws of customer experience apply to employee engagement. So it really speaks to that last question we talked about and how some of those same sort of realities of how humans behave um, in as customers actually need to be things we think about as HR professionals, as employee engagement professionals, in terms of the the type of experience we're creating for our our employees on the inside, and and again, as as many of those big business experts have said, when we do it right on the inside, our employees are going to do the right things for our customers. So uh, that's what we're going to look at. So really, the the learning outcomes is to understand some of those dynamics of of human behavior and think about and 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 um, be able to walk away and understand where might we need to be 
become more employee-centric as opposed to company-centric when it comes to how are we designing some of these interactions our employees have with us um, so that we are sure we're helping them be successful, we're helping them have positive um, interactions as employees with the organization in those areas that we can control. So that's what we're going to take a look at. I think it's going to be a lot of fun because there really is um, a, a lot we can learn um, from the customer side and bring it inside in terms of, of what kind of environment we're creating for our employees. Perfect. Sounds exciting. Uh, listeners, if you're in the Chicago area and uh, and uh, thinking about what you should be doing in June, I'd say check out the Employee Engagement Conference and awards. Should be good. Be there or be a rectangle. Um, <laughs> finally, uh, how, how can our listeners learn more about you, Amy? A uh, couple of places. You can keep track of my research and the research of the rest of the team at our blog. And here's the easy way to find it. It is the CX blog.com vcxblog.com and you can learn more about Temkin Group in general at temkingroup.com and it's t-e-m-k-i-n group.com and um, lots of great tools an employee engagement resources page videos infographics galore um, that are there for uh, for the taking uh, hopefully again to help help those professionals take what, what we do and, and put it to work in their organizations Perfect. Thank you very much. So that just leaves me to say thank you for being our guest today. Uh, it's been this a pleasure. Let's do it again soon. Uh, listeners, I've been your host, Bill Bannum, and until next time, thanks for listening to the HR Chat. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.